Meredith Monday. Yes, it is. Trust you're having a good Monday. Sorry for the late start if you are one of those regular devoted 6 a.m. two-age sojourners. Uh, this is more like a 6 p.m. In fact, it's going to be exactly 6 p.m. that I upload this, I think. Um, but let's run the intro because you got to have your music before we do theology. Here we go. Okay, so we're on Meredith Monday, and uh, like I said, I'm, uh, this is getting up on Monday, so I'm quite proud of myself for actually making this, but um, yeah, I've just uh, I've been away, actually, uh, went on an X-29 retreat and uh, dashed home on Sunday, I was just too fatigued to, I, I missed Chris, so we're, we're missing Chris this Monday, um, but uh, I thought, let me just, uh, before I miss the whole day, try and record something. And there is something on my mind with regard to Meredith Klein, um, something that might well prove helpful to you if you are starting to read his stuff, or perhaps maybe even more helpful if you are um, reading, let's say, Michael Horton, who imbibes a lot of Kleinian um, exegesis and biblical theology, or, you know, who else, Van Van Drunen even. Um, A lot of these guys, I mean, they do what they do well, um, love Horton love Van Drunen, so that's all uh, good. But, um, you know, they just focus where they focus. And and Klein had so much nuance, and sometimes I think they just run with an idea, some of these other guys, and uh, that obviously, as tends to happen, they don't spend the time nuancing it. It's not as rooted in, you know, this profound thing that Klein does in in, in terms of its biblical theology. And so you end up with the danger of perhaps uh, truncating some of of what he says. And a lot of of Klein's stuff is potentially controversial um, if you don't balance out. In fact, it it actually reminds me a lot of John Gill in that way, in that you see, uh, and Klein probably has to take a little bit of responsibility for this, but some of the stuff that he words, um, like Gill, one of my other faves, uh, you know, just he words it in quite, you know, just uh, very extreme ways or different ways, fresh ways, perhaps. Uh, and, you know, in his mind, uh, and I'm thinking now both of Klein and Gill, you know, it, it's balanced. It, it works. It's not new. It's not moving away from any level of orthodoxy. It's just putting a sharpened edge on something. And uh, I suppose they're relying on you to do your due diligence when working through their books or their systematic theology or whatever it is that they've put out. And, um, and if you don't, and if you just sort of grab one little section of it and you haven't seen how it's balanced out, um, you end up, you know, potentially moving in, in a direction that they themselves, as those authors, would would not um, would not endorse. So, um, you know, you always want to be careful of that, but especially, I think, with guys like Klein, who uh, have the potential to send you in crazy directions if if you're not very careful with what they're saying. Um, so one one uh, instance of that, or one one thing that comes to mind, is uh, the issue of um, the sacred and the secular, which we've spoken about ad nauseum um, already on the show. I'm sure you've uh, heard me say something or other about that, or someone else say something about it. Um, I know I definitely said a lot about it last Christmas, um, and so there is um, you know all that sort of stuff to consider. And if you haven't heard me say anything about it, then I'm sure if you're reading Klein, you will come across it at some point. Um, certainly, if you've gone through Michael Horton, Where in the World is the Church? You know, that's that you'll see the sacred secular thing going on. 
And basically the idea there, it's very helpful, a very helpful sort of rubric saying, guys, just be careful before we, we, uh, we want to, um, you know, uh, in our zeal for holiness, we often just want to sort of merge all elements of the Christian life into one great holy thing. But the, it's just not the way it works at this point. Um, God has ordained a common grace realm. And uh, that's different from the, the sacred activity of, uh, of redemption and uh, things uh, of the church and heaven. And, you know, th- those things are different from um, that which is, is uh, certainly that which is evil. It's the, it's the antithesis of those, uh, those things that are uh, evil and uh, hellbound and, you know, that sort of thing. But then there's this realm that is, uh, it, I'm going to use the word neutral, although that really might not be the best word in light of where I'm going. But just in, you know, in terms of comparing these things, it's this common, common's a better word, common grace realm, where it's neither holy uh, nor evil. It's simply non-holy, as Klein often spoke of. Um, now, now again, Horton uses that language all the time, and um, it just, it's just a very freeing rubric in that. Um, there are certain things, you know, that if you want to, um, you think about uh, the, the, the magistrate and its role. It's not something that's holy. It's not something that's evil. It's certainly there could be elements of both in each person, in each magistrate. But the, the, the actual thing itself is legitimate and it's just, it's a, it's a common grace realm. It's, it's not good in its ultimate sense, but it's good in the sense that God has uh, legitimatized it and uh, that it is simply, you know, it's it's not holy, but it's not holy. All right. I'm beating around the bush on this one. But basically, here's where I'm going. A lot of people, and I think, you know, and I say I could stand corrected on this, but from what I've read on Horton, I don't I don't get the same level of nuance on that that I do when I read Klein. With Klein, it's really clear. I've always fe- felt this way that, um, you know, maybe it's just because I've known that he himself was a, a quite a committed Vantillian. Um, but and probably Horton is too. Now that I think about it, but but uh, you know, in his actual writing, there's often this expression: "All of life is religious." So he almost wants to counter um, the the potential sort of charge against him that he's almost anticipating um, that you know, just because he's trying to take the sacred and secular and really root that into a covenantal divide in in ways that are perhaps a lot sharper than um, have been done by other authors. Um, and 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 yet he wants to sort of say, listen, don't take that to mean that I'm I'm um, you know separating life into these neat little categories and creating a Sunday kind of Christianity where you just you know, do whatever you want all week long, as long as you're religious on Sunday, or or something along those lines. And you know, of course, you know anyone in that Vantillian camp or or Kyperian camp is just going to want to say the exact opposite. They 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 want to see every uh, section of life as redeemable and holy and that sort of thing. And Klein's saying, no, no, let's not jump into that bandwagon. But at the same time, all of life is religious. Um, now to kind of unpack that a little bit, I am. Um, We'll just quickly read from uh, Lee Eines' article. Uh, you can get this on upperregister.com. I think it's still there. Um, and Klein's view of the cultural mandate. Very, very, very good paper. Um, he wrote. He must have wrote that a while back. But um, 
Yeah, he's just, uh, he breaks it down in great detail for you if you do want to go and have a look at that. But uh, I'm referring specifically to this issue of the no neutrality objection. And let me read it from, uh, from his paper in page 17 and following. He says, now perhaps you're forming an objection in your mind to the sacred secular distinction. Perhaps it's the Van, uh, classic Vantillian objection, Klein. You make it sound like there's this vast realm out there that is neutral. You don't see it as either holy or unholy, but as common. But there is no neutrality. Everyone is either doing cultural activity for God's glory or in rebellion against God. So uh, Ian says, how would Klein respond? He would say that it is absolutely true that there's no neutrality. Uh, remember, Klein was a committed Vantillian. That is why he acknowledges that all of life is religious. And this is, uh, by the way, if you did want to look at this in Kingdom Prologue, it's page 159 um, in my version anyway. And it seems in um, in Lee Irons' version as well. So I think that that is the, um, not the two-age press, but the one after that. Um, as believers, he says, we engage in the cultural mandate in its common grace mode. And we do so in obedience to God who has ordained this common grace culture who commands us as believers to be involved in it. The fact that we do so in obedience to God prohibits any dichotomizing of man's life into religious and non-religious areas. So that's absolutely vital. Um, The only reason we're sort of adopting this rubric is not because we don't want to have our Christianity extend to all of life, but because in our desire to do that, we want to submit to God, who tells us how to do that. That's, That's the big thing here, that I think every... One Kingdom Kyperian guy kind of misses when they think about client stuff. It's it's shocking to see how people do miss this point, by the way. Um, all that we, uh, he says, as believers do, uh, as it relates both to our cultic and our cultural activity, in other words, our religious and um, just normal life, um, is religious. It's all religious. As Paul himself said, whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Um and so the, you know, that's massive. And, and you could see how you'd go into a, a really wrong area if you, if you didn't take that seriously. It's not that, it's not that we are wanting to diminish that point. Um, and in fact, this, this sort of leads up to a Two Kingdom Tuesday discussion because, um, you know, the, the follow-up question to that would be, okay, but wait a minute, if you think that all of life is religious then what's the deal with the Two Kingdom Tuesday thing? What's the deal with Two Kingdom theology? Why are transformationalists wrong in wanting to one-kingdomize things and um, and make all of life religious, you know, and uh, and where it's not religious, turn it into something religious? Well, that, that comes down to, again, another nuance that I don't see as clearly brought out in men like Horton or Van Drunen, but I do see it in Klein. But uh, what Klein says here is that... Um, you have to you have to consider that there is a difference between a subjective sanctification of culture and an objective sanctification of culture. Now, if you are scratching your head, fair enough. That's uh, I don't think I've ever heard that in any other author besides Klein. But I love it, and I think it's absolutely essential. And and yet uh, another nuance that is almost universally missed by anyone who opposes Klein. So um, important to get. So, but let's for this session, just to keep this in in, in you know decent sense time limit. Um, in this sense, uh, in this Meredith Monday, let's just let's just really drill down on the fact that all of life uh, 
is indeed religious, although there is a due separation to be made between secular and sacred. Yeah. Whatever tension is forming in your mind, that's good, and you must resolve that tension. Uh, it's not a legitimate thing to just simply say, well, no, only the sacred is religious and the rest is non-religious. That's that's not, that's uh, it kind of feeds back in, if you listen to last Friday, with um, the secularity kind of uh, thing where uh, Nick and I were saying, you know, to, to be secular is a... Um, you know, the, the secular to be a secularism today is almost like a, a replacement faith. It's a, a replacement worldview. It's not the kind of uh, sacred secular thing we're talking about when we're thinking about um, the holy and the non-holy. So, uh, hopefully, you're not too confused. Um, but if even if you are, that maybe is a good thing because that confusion will get you thinking a little bit more about the subject rather than just uh, headlong moving in a, in a direction that's very easy to do if you haven't caught on to this nuance. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to leave that there for Meredith Monday. That is straight from Meredith Klein, mediated to us via Lee Irons. Um, so uh, go and check out Upper Register. Uh, it's just a great great website. A lot of cool stuff about Klein there. And, um, and we will pick it up with our uh, discussions with Chris Uh, on Covenant Theology from next Monday. So sorry you missed that one this time. But also this helps for just setting it up for our Two Kingdom Tuesday discussion tomorrow. So stay uh, or don't stay with us now. Put down the phone, (laughs) switch off off the computer, go to sleep, and then I'll see you tomorrow. All right, bless you. (laughs) 